Welcome to episode 117 of the Inside Bite. I'm your host, Tim Schaefer. I'm not here with Rudy this week. Got a special guest, Asa. Now, actually, I didn't think about this till now. How do you want to be introduced to the show here? First and last name, uh, some sort of screen name. Nah, man, we gotta we, we can just keep it Prince style, man. Ace is fine. Ace is fine, just straight Ace. Yeah, Ace is fine. Yeah. All right, all right. Let's just keep it Ace. But anytime I get a guest on, I gotta ask them two things. Pretty simple and like understanding, but it's a little harder than what you think, just because we're right. such dorks. What is your favorite video game console? It's got to be the PS5 right now. So of all time, because nostalgia can play a part, but it doesn't have to rule, right? It can be yeah, the PS5. I'm not meaning like current gen. I'm just meaning period. Your favorite right. video game console. Is it? What it? What would it be? See, for that one, it's kind of because, again, you're like, this is a simple question. But for us geeks, man, you never know. And you're absolutely right, because it depends. Like, how, how am I going to weigh this? Right. Is it yeah. by the selection of games? It's everything included, the, right? It's the library. Everything it's, it's it's it's, oh. you know, like that maybe case, nostalgia yeah, feels toward yeah. it. Maybe uh, you love the way the the interface or whatever. The hell, maybe some cool features. You know, I don't know. Right. Just yeah. period. Straight up. Everything included. Yeah, I would say PS5 predominantly because, like, the vast majority of games that, like, are just classics of my childhood did come from PlayStation. I would say favorite of all time, even beforehand, knee-jerk to the PS5. I keep looking at my PS5. I'm like, hey, baby, I'm talking about you. (laughs) But anyway, uh, so when it comes to the actual PS5, though, it's the best iteration of the PlayStation thus far. Like, the hardware's gotten better. The UI's gotten a lot more user-friendly. It's been incrementally upgraded throughout the years and now granted there's paid services for it but i mean it's not that much monthly and you get access to all of the libraries so if i had to pick just one console yeah baby give me my ps5 because that's playstation one through five okay just in the better I'm, uh, I'm surprised any any previous person is like saying like a super nintendo they're saying like a whatever right uh me even i go ps1 right that's like okay because i think on the library and i think there's about 120 like incredibly good titles at a point span throughout its lifetime and i think about all the jrpgs that are on there stuff like that but even when to compare those games let's say a I don't know, a Tells game even, um, or Final oh, Fantasy. Nice. I can still play it today and it still hold up and be really good technically. And I still think it's great. So it's like, that's where I go PS1. So yeah. I always feel anything current is sort of too new to know. Is it my favorite? It's too hard to know when it's the current thing in the moment for me. And I always battle right. with that. So it's interesting that you're like, hey, it is the current thing and it's PS5. That's so hard for me to tackle in my mind on like, it's hard for me to like it so much when it's still just the current thing I'm using today. But it's like, I don't have enough knowledge on it. I feel like, can I truly put it as the best one? There's still just only like maybe nine amazing exclusives in the moment, but by the end of its lifetime, you know, then I can be like, oh yeah, that was the best because there was like 40 or something. Yeah. Anyway, so that's where my mind goes. So it's cool to hear just somebody dropping current gen and just be like, no, this is the best experience you can get in gaming right now. So you might as well pick it. Right. Now, Uh, 
I will say my favorite nostalgic one, like the one that I have memories to, would be PS1 for the Psychomantis fight and Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, Metal Gear uh, Solid, the series yeah. is one of my favorite series. I go between, like, Metal Gear Solid 4 and Final Fantasy 7 or what I go back and forth as my favorite game ever. But I'm a gigantic Metal Gear dork. So, yes, Metal Gear Solid, the yeah. first one, is highly important to me. So um, that's right. just one of many PS1 titles where I'm like, uh, I yeah. think they're fantastic even today. So. Right. Anyway. Yeah, and in that fight, you because because you have an experience, and the reason why I bring that one up specifically is because you have an experience with the Psycho Mantis fight that you don't get unless if you're playing on a PlayStation One or PlayStation yeah, yeah, Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the memory card and yeah. moving the controller from one to two, like there were so many like literal physical logic puzzles that they did with the hardware that was so far behind anything that we have today. The creativity and execution of that alone, glorious. Yeah, yeah, but with that said, PS5 still a better experience. Overall. <laughs> okay, second question: yeah. top three video game franchises. I'll say some of uh, some of mine, and Pokemon. Right, if I have to make a top five right. of franchises, it's it's Pokemon, it's Metal Gear, it's Final Fantasy, stuff like that. But yeah. name your top three or top five if it's too hard to go down to three. Either way. Right. But it has to be a series. It can't just be one one title, right? So when it comes right. to like a franchise, yeah, yeah. So on that one, Final Fantasy and Pokemon default into that category. Okay, it's just been they, both of them just very influential in my life, especially Pokemon right now because cool. like Grayson super into it. So like the DLC recently released and. 100% without a doubt can promise you nostalgia does not hold a candle to getting to re-experience these franchises through your kid. I agree a million percent. My kid, I played it with him co-op through the game. That's what right. we did. That's why I bought a second <laughs> Switch because I didn't yeah. want to until, well, dang, I got to experience this with my kid. And I did. Yeah. And it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It was incredible. Like, it was, it was so great. good. Yeah. So oh, yeah, I, I agree completely there. Uh, okay, one more, one more. So one more on that one. I feel kind of bad putting two JRPGs up in there, but at the same time, I, I know who I am. So the last one, I'm going to pick one that's important to me now as a grown-ass man and say God of War. Okay. Which is your favorite of that? Oh. My favorite is God of War 3. I love the new ones, I do, but... I think the peak of three is still my favorite God of War moment. You know, I would have to say <laughs> so as well, because for no other reason than like if we're if we're talking about like God of War, right? When I when I tell somebody, hey, I platinumed God of War three and you understand what like God yes. of War mode was, <laughs> you know, it impacts immediately. Uh, and it's always God of War 3 because that game opened with like what you on the back of Gaia as you're climbing up to Olympus and Kratos is like, God, that's what I'm saying. It's time to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you're you're expecting this and they don't disappoint like Poseidon comes right out the gate trying to murk your ass. And while you're fighting him on the back of your ride up to Zeus, so like it's fighting insane. Zeus was insane. Even the beginning, the oh, very, very man. beginning of the game, where you're just climbing up what it looks yeah. like a giant tree and ends up being this entire 
god right. of I don't know what the hell it is. <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one it but it's was. So I want to say Cronus. It's just like holy hell. Yeah. Like yeah. Or or the fact that this dude has literally gone to hell more than once and pulled himself out with his bare hands. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, he's, just, right. he's the kind of protagonist I can get behind. <laughs> I love how just bad crazy the writing is for what's going to happen yes. next. You know, it's like... Right. <laughs> and I think that's the reason why the two new games were so impactful for me. And again, it's, I got to grow up with these games, and I mean that literally... Because the path that I'm on right now is so similar yeah. to what you experience yeah. in Kratos. And I right? got the same experience, too. Uh, my kid exactly. is nine years old, so it's like I'm trying to think 2014, whenever he was born, and then the game yeah. came out by the time, what, my kid's like three or four years old, that first one, and then the second right. one as well. And yeah. you bonding more with your kid as you're playing through the first and second game is a really cool experience to have like alongside oh, yeah. uh, the main character. Right. Yeah, it's cool. It is. I agree. And it's so good. Yeah. What if the third yeah. one actually did what the OG trilogy did to where, what if they finally pulled it back where you climb gigantic things again? Oh, I could see him doing that 100%. Because they're doing another, they said. I think, yeah. um, like, it's the it's end like of this. Trilogy. It's the end of this little uh, arc, right? The but North they're still Saga. making one. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, at least, we can get yeah. the groundedness that we have with these new ones, plus the epic scale, and somehow... Right. I mean, it seems really hard. I don't envy them at all. But if they can somehow ride that fine line between the two... Where you yeah, can have dude, like great. a scene to where, you know, in the first God of War, you have uh, people, what, right in the beginning of the game, you're just having sex, right? right? And it's like, <laughs> dude, what if they can bring, what if they can bring that in, that, that craziness <laughs> back, but to right. this new dad, you know, that's what yeah. I want to see <laughs> somehow <laughs> have that achieved. But anyway. Well, the I mean, honestly, it's the easiest <laughs> writing way to do it, and it would be um, Kratos ain't the one doing it; it's a trace. Like let's let's follow let's yeah. follow a trace. Okay, and then he does all the crazy stuff because now he's late teens, early twenties, and that's what he does. Yeah. He goes crazy. So that would make sense. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, I'm trying to text my wife on my phone. She's like, "You want a Big Mac?" And I'm just like. What disgusting parable can I come up with to <laughs> let her know how much I say yes to that? Um, oh, the doctor's um, down to 232. So that puts my grand total currently at about 75 pounds okay. this year. Dope. Yeah. So That's really, anyway. really great. Wow. Yeah, no, I'm pretty <laughs> excited for it. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a stick in a Big Mac. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, oh, let's yeah. go. That's okay on brand, or is that too... Well, Risky joke I mean, I edit the episodes, so oh, perfect. Okay. I don't know. I so fill like, it out, and I'm like, I may cut, I may not. We'll see. Yeah, I do the episodes non-explicit though. Like, I'll cut out, like, I'll bleep a curse word, but I'll okay. still make it super obvious what's being said. Anyway, perfect. <laughs> just because I want a bigger audience, and I want it to go as not right. explicit, so it pushes to more people. Anyway, makes sense. Yeah. So okay, God of War number three. I mean, that's pretty yeah. great to me, I feel. Oh, I wanted to complain. I wanted to take hot take because you loved both. You'd be the perfect to bring this up to. Okay. 
I keep falling off and I still haven't beaten the second one because I'm finding it to be right. quite boring. This is my big problem of like there's too many gaps to where I'm like puzzling or like trying to find something or and I'm just like there's two right. gaps of not much going on and I'm these lulls are like okay this is kind of sucky like trying to find a treasure and I'm like I'm spending right. 30 minutes on this and I'd rather just be killing stuff and I'm, I'm having issues with that with this one where even the one prior like there was a little bit of it but this one's a lot more of that and I'm just I don't like that side of it I'm struggling to push through because the stuff that I like I think is incredible. Like the, yeah. the big epic moments are like even the story bits. I love a lot. Mm. And then the fighting and all that. It's just those lulls that I'm just having a hard time yeah. getting through. And they just seem to be a little more than I'm wanting. And I end up just being after like 34 or five minutes, I turn it off and I go do something else. And I keep finding myself do this Right. where the first one I played it through and probably beat it in like a week. Yeah. And had way better experience with it. So the devs did exactly what they set out to do. We're talking about God of War 2, right? Yeah. So they know their target audience, right? They're where Kratos is, their parents now, right? They don't got a lot of time. So they tried to make a very engaging story and content to play, but it was designed to be played in bite-sized pieces. That's why after certain cutscenes, it really feels like a chapter in a book closing because they literally designed the story to be that way. So then you would have a break to go do whatever the hell that you wanted. So their goal was to make an extremely fun gameplay loop of an hour. So that's how they designed it. Now, me personally, I blasted through that shit in like two days, done. Like, I, God, I loved it. Best way I can describe why God of War gets me so pumped is I didn't realize until I saw it in my daughter as well. So she and I both love mythology. All cool. of it. Greek, uh, Norse. We're right now currently trying to find more Egyptian lore. But since it's not super popular in the public eye, like there's not nearly as much. What about content. like Eastern? Uh, Eastern, also super interested in. Um, it was the Hindu. My okay. favorites. Cool. Oh, man. Uh, both of us big fans of Neil Gaiman, all of his work. So anyway. Did you ever watch Animatrix? Do you know what I'm talking about? I did, yes. I There's a specific uh, Hindu god trippy bit on one, because it's like five mini little so movies, long. and one of them is that. Yeah. And I, I didn't know if you remembered, and I, I love that part in it. Anyway, continue. Was Sorry. it Shiva, the destroyer? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, and of course, yeah. Tom Fantasy. But anyway, you're right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So as my <laughs> as my daughter started watching, because because again, we we were like study for fun with this kind of stuff. Um, there's also a YouTube channel, John Solo, who's a lot of fun. He describes them accurate fun. But anyway, so she comes into the room and kind of watches me play. I'm not because since I know there ain't there's there's not really sexual content in it. I'm like, I don't care what you guys see. I say far fucking worse than these guys do. So she's coming in watching parts of it. And I remember because you beat it, right? I'm not getting spoilers. No, no, no. I, okay, the bro. second one I did not. That's what I'm saying. I kept finding myself getting oh, bored uh, and, and kept falling off. And I just eventually just okay. kind of. Well, the problem is so many big releases keep happening in the very moment. Something's right. not keeping my absolute full attention. It's so easy for me right. to jump to the next thing. And so, yeah. like, that's why Thanks. I was so shocked about Starfield is because this is the first time this is happening where that I'm not jumping. 
Yeah. 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 Anyway, That's continue. Awesome. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As not to give like too many spoilers, I, I, as, as you're aware, I'm sure, um, the Santa Monica Studios did a very, very, very good job of staying yeah. accurate to Norse lore, not what's been publicized in media and such. So it was actually your introduction to Heimdall in the game. And he is nothing, as you were picturing him in your head, unless you used to read Norse mythology. And his personality shows through very quickly in the first sentence he says. And my daughter was just kind of walking through the room and goes, Heimdall. And so that's what I realized. I was like, the reason why I get so into these games is like, it's just like Marvel movies. When you've read the comics, right? Yeah, like yeah, you got yeah. an idea of what you're about to run into. So anytime you see those little Easter eggs, you love them. It was the same thing, but with like, you know, ancient Norse mythology. Which in so, my head is even cooler. So yeah. than like a superhero, like in my head, uh, a mythology character, like a, they're all technically superheroes if you think about it, but you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's almost cooler the older it is. Oh, yeah. same yeah same yeah. so anyway. and it also make and it also gives you that that sense of like like oh i'm not a geek i'm a scholar <laughs> dude scholars were such geeks come on oh 100% <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's get into why you are here oh you told me a little and i purposely shut you up because i want you to actually talk about it here on the recording right. And uh, so why don't you just introduce us to what you want to talk about and go in however you're wanting. Okay, absolutely. Just Jesus take the will here, okay? <laughs> that's right. Oh, you can call me Acre, that's fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this one I really wanted to talk about, and I'm actually really glad we did that intro too because it segues really well into it. I've had recently a perspective like just shift, right? So I've been, I, I mean, you've seen me in the office, man. Like I am constantly upbeat, chipper, constantly looking to do more, constantly trying to improve. And I can happily say that I've applied that to every aspect of my life. So going through God of War and then specifically episode five of the Ahsoka series. Uh, is the big one. What I want to do, though, because I know you didn't actually, you didn't get a chance to actually keep up with uh, the Clone Wars and Rebels and everything like that. I watched it when it was like releasing when I would literally, this was still at the time, right? When you're watching yeah. it as you try to catch an episode while you're watching TV. But, <laughs> yes. you know, you're not actually watching episode by episode streaming wise whenever uh, mm -hmm. Clone Wars originally came out. So I liked it and I tried to watch it. I just, you know, would miss a lot of episodes and that's pretty much how it was for me, right? So I never actually went yeah. back and just watched it in sequence. But I probably yeah. saw like let's say 30 episodes, 40 episodes, something like that, and I liked what I saw, you know. Oh yeah. It was a fun show, but I keep forgetting that like, oh yeah, you actually have to explain that these days. That <laughs> I feel old. I feel real old right now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It kind of caught me off guard because honestly, since you've been following, like, since I've been following the Clone Wars and Rebels, I mean, that that was coming out when we were kids. So the fact that Filoni started there, right, he started in animation. He got cartoons. He was allowed to tell whatever stories he wanted because they were cartoons. Who cares? And then here this guy comes out the gate. Ahsoka's, I do believe, 
definitely double check me because I'm I didn't actually look this up and confirm it. But I'm pretty sure Ahsoka is the first series, like live action series, that Filoni got to show run, and Homeboy came correct. So Filoni himself, when he started doing the Clone Wars, at first, I, I, I guess when the show first came out, it was really episodic. It was fun, you know. It was well, meant actually, to be but before you get into it, and you'll understand why I'm cutting in here, is you'll yes. agree hard. It was pretty much this and later Avatar, but there wasn't really much, let's say, anime, but Western made. You know what I mean? That wasn't really a thing. There was very, very few examples of this. So for him to do it this well, when there's not really much to go off of, I just want to overemphasize that point. Yes, that's actually really important. And again, com- like went over my head. I actually did completely forgot about that because that's how it was when we were younger. Like if it yeah. was Western made, you're just like, oh, dude, that's a cartoon. It's like Simpsons at best, Something you know, else. it's like or like what adult animation was all just like comedy things and nothing too intense. Right. So other than hentai, yeah. yeah. (laughs) That was Japanese, okay. Oh, that's fair. We were talking Western. That's on me. Yeah, Yeah. I gotta stay on the topic. My bad, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, anyway. Continue. Sorry. No, I was actually no, you're golden. That that because that adds context, which is important here. I don't know if you remember when when the prequels came out, because we were we were our kids' age at this point. What did you feel from everyone else? What the like the reception of that movie was? Okay, okay. did it seem positive to you, or did so it before negative? it came out, everyone was hyped. Everyone was hyped before it came right. out. Okay, everyone's wearing the shirts, lights, Darth Maul lightsaber, even before it came out. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it releases, and a lot of people are bummed, but not super. They kind of liked it initially. A, few weeks go by and it starts to turn of like yeah this ain't so great and then a few months i'm not saying my opinion i'm just saying the consensus as no, a whole old. and then eventually like turns into choice. like this sucks you know after yeah. about a year after release and then clone wars comes out and like ooh, this is even way worse and then the third one comes out and they're like okay this is better it's pretty good yeah. It doesn't hold a candle to the original trilogy. And that's pretty much how it ended when it comes to the prequels. Now, I have my own opinions. We can get into it later. But I feel that's the consensus as a whole in terms of right. like, the general audience. And I had a very similar one. Like, I remember watching them thinking they were great because, you know, I'm a kid and that's Star Wars. And it's not like the boring ones that my, my dad liked. You know, they were the ones with <laughs> like, oh. That's an appropriate number of Jedi for the big screen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So and I we thought the okay. droids were really cool, actually, and stuff like that. And they still are. <laughs> like the consensus was that the tech wasn't there, or that like it it was they didn't Too like the things. plot is what it yeah. what it came up to, right? I don't think people were like right. hating on um how the droids look they weren't hating on like they hated on jar jar that's the only thing you know uh, (laughs) but i think they were more upset with just the storyline of it all absolutely which i guess it's because i mean if i try to imagine me being just a boomer right and having this image of of darth vader in my head of just being this crazy right and then you see this kid and you're just like man i thought this was going to be a lot cooler and maybe that's what happened to them but 
again, from our I'm perspective, sure. we're not coming at it from that angle. So it's no, going to be no, hit no. very differently. But Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. And and I really hope that people will will be able to come up to things with open minds because there are a number of like shows and movies that I've seen come out that I was like, your expectations of what that was going to be is what ruined that flick for you guy. Yeah. And like having high expectations for something killing like how good it is for people I feel is prevalently shown in the, the, the Barbie Heimer setup <laughs> where those two movies, so there was no expectations. So people were blown away. So, but anyway, baloney, right? So the clone wars, when the cartoons started coming out, this guy is brilliant. I don't know if he started it with the intent of fixing the prequels, because there was a lot of negative conceptions about the, the prequels when they were first coming out. I remember people talking about uh, how bad the Phantom Menace was, and they were like, I will destroy it with one question. I'm like, shoot. They're like, who's the protagonist? And it literally broke my brain because there's not a logical protagonist in that movie. Whereas all the other flicks were Hero's Journey. This one was more world building. There was a reason why he did that, but it was lost on people. So Filoni wanted to start pointing these things out. Uh, Commenting on that from my perspective is I just saw all three as main characters and I thought it was a story about going from sensei to uh, to trainee, right? And then showing the trainee then get older and then have to now, you know, be a sensei to a new person. And it's trying to show the beginning of what's going to keep going with this trilogy, right? It's like passing the torch over. So that... I always saw that pretty clearly right from the start. I never didn't think that's where it was going. So, mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. me initially loved it when it came out. Someone pointed that out to me and I was like, wait, who is the protagonist? Not realizing that there's different kinds of stories and not everything on the big screen has to be a hero's journey. So I threw a lot of shade at it for a little while until I started watching Clone Wars. So I don't know if Filoni actually intended to make the prequels end up just getting indoctrinated into the Hall of Fame when it comes to Star Wars, because I remember all of that hate, right? I even participated in it. And now when you hear it talked about, with the exception of a few dads, it's critical acclaim. Everyone loved it. So I, well, I think curious. I think it's just our generation getting older. The, I think I think that's all it really is. is. Yeah, you know, I think you're right. It is just nostalgia at this point. They could actually still be bad. We're just like, oh, I remember them. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we have right. a louder voice now than when we did when we were nine or ten. Oh, yeah, that is yeah. absolutely true. That is absolutely <laughs> true. So, but with Clone Wars, it was like like I said, it was a great show. It was lighthearted. It was fun, but at the same time, it didn't pull punches. And it let you know it knew where it was going, right? So when Filoni introduced the character Ahsoka, he saw what happened with the prequels. And he goes, it doesn't matter how good this character is. They're going to fucking hate her. They're just going to hate this character's guts. So I'm going to make them hate her. So when I give her her redemption arc, they'll love her. And it worked. This girl gets introduced, right? Gets brought up because uh, uh, the way the story is right now, uh, Anakin just recently became Jedi Knight, right? So he's independent. He's on his own. He's doing a mission with Obi-Wan, and they both don't have Padawans. And Obi-Wan's talking about the new Padawan that he has coming, that he's going to be training up next, uh, trying to get a little bit of a rise out of Anakin, as Obi does, you know. And 
when the Padawan shows up, she walks up to Obi-Wan and he kind of gestures at Anakin. She goes, that's him. And Anakin goes, I'm Anakin Skywalker. She's like, yeah, I was expecting Anakin Skywalker, not some sky guy. Because <laughs> he didn't look very impressive, right? This is like Attack yeah. of the Clones body, uh, Hayden Christensen. To which he's like, all right, don't get snippy with me. And come to find out, Obi-Wan actually finagled it into she's Anakin's Padawan. Which Anakin, being the ball and ass motherfucker that he is didn't want one he's like i don't need to be slowed down like do you really want to put a chain on me like i can end this war you know because he was out the gate just this phenomenal dude and through constantly bending the rules he was able to accomplish the most which is a really good way to foreshadow him falling which like how is that foreshadowing when you know 20 30 years prior we saw him revealed as Darth Vader, but that's just what good storytelling is. So you did have this kind of upbeat light tone and immediately their nicknames for one another became Sky Guy and Snips because she got snippy. So now she's Snips. And you kind of watch her make mistake after mistake after mistake missing the point because it's not that bad it doesn't hit that hard there's not big consequences until she does mess up royally and it is nothing but accountability and growth and from that point on everyone starts loving ahsoka and then she starts getting more and more interesting storylines throughout the series you know there's a bunch of different characters i'm going to give you brief highlights kind of keep it to what's important to the scene because the next big one would be at one point one of the other padawans that she had befriended at the jedi order ended up setting her up for a crime she didn't commit and no one but anakin would actually try to hear her out or not immediately start treating her like a criminal now these are jedi they're not like it's not like you know um politics right now it's instead like hey you messed up big let's figure out what's going on and she's like i don't need to figure out what's going on i've got it figured out so they're getting ready to put her on trial anakin dips solves the case brings it into the courtroom right the masters all tell their apologies they're about to hug and make up and ahsoka's like no like you guys betrayed me you're nothing what you said you were like the orders, words, and actions don't line up. I'm done in leaps. In your opinion of how you were wording it just then, you were saying yeah. it in the levels of they actually weren't truly that mad or anything. They were just trying to figure out how to solve it, right? So is she is she justified in her actions or no? Like, what do you think? That's a fun one, and I think honestly, to give my brief summation. She absolutely made the right call, 100%. When you watch The Clone Wars, and it's the reason why The Clone Wars series was so good, so important. It's the reason why Filoni has the reins right now, is because Filoni corrected a mistake George didn't even mean to make, which was not show how corrupt the Jedi were becoming. And it wasn't so much that they were corrupt as it was they were spread too thin. You know what I mean? They were just putting everything on their plate and it was impossible for them to do all of it, okay. but they okay. wouldn't stop doing it. 
Okay. So yeah, it's not like some great evil that they had done. They just got really overconfident and careless. So it's great. So anyway, she, she ends up leaving the Jedi order, which is why when you see her in the shows or like Mandalorian or anything, and someone calls her a Jedi and she's like, I'm no Jedi. It's because she left the order before order 66 popped off. So there's a lot, there's a little bit of time again, her and Anakin doing separate adventures, not really talking to one another in the timeline. She ends up getting called by Bo or uh, there ends up being a, a siege happening in Mandalore, right? Darth Maul at this point has been brought back. That's a whole other subject, and it is all good. Darth Maul actually is the leader of Mandalore and the wielder of the Darksaber at this point in time. Okay. Um, he ends up getting trounced by Palpatine because he got a little too big for his britches and then came back to Mandalore. And so now he's taking it back over with his Death Watch faithful. Which, fun fact, the Death Watch, which is, uh, you, you can tell they're Death Watch with the Mandalorians because their helmets have like Iridonian horns on them. And those were put on as a decoration showing their loyalty to Darth Maul. Okay. And that particular sect of Mandalorians who were fanatics turned into the current group that Din Djarin the Mandalorian is actually in right now. So that's how all that connects. But anyway, there's a huge fight there. And the reason why this fight's so important is because it's the first one where she is literally dealing with a global catastrophe. And she's the Jedi on point, essentially, even though she's not a Jedi. The Jedi had their hands tied, weren't allowed to get involved. And Ahsoka's like, well, it's a good thing I'm not a Jedi. And Anakin's like, yeah, that's why I called you. Okay. He ends up doing something really sweet by handing her lightsabers that he built. She, at the time, was wielding green ones. And so when she gets the ones that he built for her, she turns them on. And, of course, they're blue, his color. Because he's like, you don't need to forget where you came from. So, like great relationship between the two of them but the big thing is throughout the entire series it's really about anakin growing and as he's learned how to grow once he's learned like oh this is how i'm supposed to handle this he then turns and teaches it to ahsoka and you don't really pick up on that's exactly how the relationship is going but if it's one of those where you're paying attention to like story structure and story beats and things of that nature you're picking up on each of those as they're going through uh the series now it really all comes into a combination at that siege of mandalore because not only does ahsoka go up against darth maul in an army of mandalorians she beats the brakes off of them this girl at the time is 15 years old human years age ish ways because you know aliens i don't actually know so they had at this point is when he captures darth maul she's on her ship she's getting ready to head back to coruscant and order 66 pops off all jedi's getting dropped there was one clone trooper that she had a close relationship with uh named rex that ended up not falling to the order that's a whole other thing and she fakes her death and the way the clone war series technically ends because it ended and then a couple years later you have these final few episodes any of this that you're saying is not spoiling anything critical right just oh for clone wars yes but no the the ahsoka show not yet Okay. I am going to go into episode five of Ahsoka in depth 
uh, this, if you will, is your previously on the Clone Wars. So you can yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with all that of like talking about that. Yeah. yeah. I just don't want to spoil Ruin. anything major in the current show going. That's all. Now, yeah. I know it just ended, right? I think yes, the, last uh, the last episode, episode just, came on yeah. last night, but yeah. I'm specifically going to be focusing on just episode five. So I am going to spoil the hell out of that episode. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just throw up, you know, a warning when we get there. Yeah. There we go. Perfect. So, so after, after she ends up wrapping that battle, Order 66, she gets off free and clear. The series ends up closing on Vader standing in the wreckage of the ship that Ahsoka was on with all of the different stormtrooper helmets that they painted to match her face paint because it was the first time she had been back in years and they were back in a while and they were excited to see her because she was their leader. He finds in the, in the snow, the lightsabers that Anakin had made for her. And you immediately just go, Oh, the last piece of Anakin just died under that mask. That's how Clone Wars closes out. Now, Ahsoka, obviously she went into hiding expanded lore at this point they you know send out inquisitors hunting down rogue jedi but ahsoka she ain't a jedi <laughs> but the coolest thing that she did in the books she got attacked by an inquisitor while she was on the run doesn't use weapons or anything just snatches that shit out of their hands drops them and then the crystals the red crystals uh the reason why they're red is because they're damaged they have to be bled to have that red hue she okay. heals them and that's why she has white lightsabers it's because she took a a, a destroy like essentially a, a wounded crystal and fully healed it so hmm. i thought that was really cool in the book yeah but anyway so that's that's really just kind of the recap to know where she's at at this point so what are your questions on it like are there any things that stuck out to you that you're like curious about or something i didn't quite convey right so like I said, I was watching the Clone Wars, but it was just when I could catch it, right? Right. I always wanted to go back, never did. But there's so right. many things to where I say this on, you know, and it's like yeah. trying to figure it all out. But I, in no way am I um, not not interested, let's say. But okay. I always really loved Episode 3, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. I, it's, okay. uh, I'm really, really, really into it. So I've always been interested in that story. And then also the Clone Wars, that's why I was into it, is because I also really liked that movie. Okay. And then Knights of the Old Republic, I got really into mm-hmm. Coder 1 and 2. Um, mm-hmm. So I got really into one of your partners being that race and uh, mm-hmm. also got me just really attached to... Um, yeah. Ahsoka just by association because of the race, you know? Yeah. So I want to see this show, but before this, I was watching Obi-Wan, the Obi-Wan show. And mm-hmm. I got to like episode five and I just mm-hmm. like, this sucks. I don't like it. And I'm trying, I don't even, it feels weird. It feels like, it feels too much of like a set and it feels weird fakey or something i don't know how to describe the way the direction is it feels so it it i don't feel connected drawn out yeah um i would say it feels drawn out right yeah i mean there's so many things um i don't i mean princess leia was like what is this (laughs) this is really weird (laughs) um the stories there was nothing really too interesting even really happening um yeah and then like after for... a few episodes of that, I'm just like, 
you know, I understand at first having build up, but it, I mean, by the end of episode five and I still got right. like maybe three cool moments outside of that yeah. was just like one of my, you know, it's like 20 minutes of whateverness. And then mm-hmm. so I was just like, I guess I don't know. And then uh, Mandalorian, I think is is cool. Um, I think a lot better than that. But it's still like, I don't know. It didn't. St- that's purposely grounded. That makes sense because right. it's just about this bounty hunter's like journey. Uh, you wouldn't yeah. want that to be crazy epic like that. It wouldn't make sense. So that 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 makes right. sense. I just uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. Again, I'm just so I I'm having a hard time yeah. growing a care for this. So I just I just kind of been like, eh, maybe I'm just not into Star Wars. I don't know, but. Right. My, no. gro- I mean, I liked the original trilogy trilogy a lot. I like right. episode one and three. I just don't like episode two that much. But there's cool little beats yeah. to it, I guess. And then yeah. like the newer films, I liked part seven, but I thought eight and nine are kind of suck. So in my head at this point, I'm like losing more than I'm winning with this series. Yes. And um, that's why I, I'm just kind of like, well. Why should I watch this new one? I've tried so many times and I'm like, after so many years, I'm like, I'm just, you know, yeah. maybe it's just not for me or I don't care. Or it's just maybe not that yeah. good. I don't know. But, you know, um, if somebody can sell me on it and this show of all things would interest me the most, just because again, I love episode yeah. three. I, I like Clone Wars a lot. Um, I would oh, yeah. love to actually rewatch it all. I would like to see this because I'm genuinely interested in yeah. Anakin Skywalker's like basically so what 20 to <laughs> I mean, realistically, yeah. it's only a few years. It would only be like, let's say what 23 to 26, 27. I'm trying to think of the age range there, but it's not it's not it doesn't go yeah. too far too long. No, um, yeah. Clone Wars. No, it doesn't go too nuts. Clone Wars really only goes over just a handful of years. Um yeah. So I think he's but, in his twenties hey, in that moment, right? Oh yeah, I want to say he was. uh I think he's supposed to be sixteen in Episode Two, and like yeah, mid mid to late twenties in Episode Three. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, early twenties so, would make sense in that. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. That may, yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. So yeah. I don't know for uh, sure. But, Either way, I mean, but so I'm interested in all those bits, and I would watch this compared to anything other. So right. everything you're describing, and over anything, I'm just interested in the characters, and that's a big thing with Star Wars in general. Yeah. Is like that was the whole point. Is like we're not trying to uh, sell space to you. We're trying to right. sell characters to you. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And then there were two other ones, and I, I held these off till the last because this is these are the areas where it's um it's a little weird. I'm not gonna lie, I think I can follow it, but I Filoni has very intentionally not given a lot of details about this stuff, and the two things that it's going to be are going to be the personifications of the Force and the world between worlds. These are two. I'm giving you buzzwords on these two. Now, the personifications of the Force, that'd be the father, the daughter, and the son. This would be back in Clone Wars. Yeah. So Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan end up 
some weird shenanigans start happening on their spaceship and they end up on some random planet that they don't recognize. Um, some weird glowy. Also, I must mention my favorite bit on star Wars period is I want to see as many journeys of Obi-Wan and Anakin as I possibly can. That would be, that is my core interest. Like that's my highlights. (laughs) Grab your boy and play an episode or two. And just hang out with them. Like, that's it. You'll end up watching every episode about three times. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So this one in particular, the it's going to be... I'm not going to do a whole plot synopsis. uh, But essentially (laughs) what it is, is that you have three characters um, that are quite literally the personification of the Force. You have the Sun, who's the, like dark side entity like he has a body they can shape shift but they don't get killed by normal means you then have the daughter who's the personification of the light side of the forest white greens owls galore and then you have the personification of balance which would be represented by the father and the father's dying right and anakin's the chosen one he needs anakin to take his place he's like you have to keep these two in line because if you don't keep them in line it doesn't matter which one wins. We all die. And Anakin's like, I don't know, man. I got a war to fight. <laughs> so, again, shenanigans ensue. They end up, the son ends up using Anakin's party as a patsy to get a weapon to kill his father. So he can become as strong as he wants to be. At one point, Ahsoka ends up getting killed. And the light side of the force gives up her her life to bring Ahsoka back. So Anakin does like hand on light side God lady and then the other on Ahsoka and transfers the life essence through her. Is this uh, like early in the series is what you're saying? Uh, Relatively, but it's never really brought up again other than the fact that there's now an owl that follows Ahsoka around the same owl that was following around the embodiment of the light side of the force named Mora. Oh, wait, are you talking about what happened before Ahsoka series actually starts the in between yes. there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is okay, back in the okay, clone wars okay, yeah, 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 okay, early on okay, okay. back in the clone wars. So, but you need, you need to have a kind of an idea of those three. And okay. then the last thing is going to be the world between worlds itself. Now, I didn't go into Rebels too much, but Rebels is phenomenal. I loved every episode of Rebels. The robot chopper. Well, what is the is actually, what is what, where is it taking place and when? Like, uh, I I don't know oh, anything Rebels? about Rebels. I know okay, of so Rebels, it, but I don't know where, when and where it takes place. Uh, it takes place in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Okay. And it does span within those decades. So it's the the formation of the Rebellion, right? Okay, so cool. So cool. how that ended up happening. I can sell you on this show, too. It is also a cartoon, also great to watch with your kids, and I recommend it. It's good. Um, but the robot chopper, right there, the little R2-D2, was also voiced kind of like R2-D2 was, where someone was actually recording lines into a mic, and they just distorted and messed with it. Okay. Now, Chopper's audio is actually recorded by Filoni, and he doesn't add in a bunch of sound effects. He just takes all the sharpness out of it, so you get, you know, Muppet's teacher. Okay, okay, okay. But you can actually understand what he's saying. So in the Ahsoka series, you actually hear an F-bomb, huh. which is hilarious to me. Yeah. Un- kind of unrelated to it, but yeah, yeah Chopper. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, yeah. so these... Um, 
the world between worlds in that one essentially ahsoka ends up showing up in the series uh with the main character ezra at this point who is between his master who was a padawan when order 66 happened and doesn't really know what he's doing he's grown up he's an adult now obviously it's been years uh and then on the other hand you have darth maul who's trying to take him on as a new apprentice which ain't great so they're going to a sith temple looking for a sith artifact maul ends up fighting with inquisitors and bounces come to find out the artifact isn't what they thought it was instead it's a super weapon that's about to nuke everybody and just when you think it's going to get worse vader shows up now this is the first time and it's the reason why i need to bring it up is because this is actually the first time ahsoka meets vader this is the first time that anakin has proof that Ahsoka is still alive, but it's not Anakin anymore, and they start fighting. Now, the way this particular episode closes out, Ahsoka tosses Ezra out of the place, everything shuts off, and that's it. You don't actually get confirmation, no idea what actually happens. Okay, I got a question, though. When yes. Could you explain, let's say... Okay. Is Anakin just okay? I I get it. He turns that dark to where he's now right. just Darth Vader, and so long, yeah. so much of his original self is so far gone. There's just not really anything there at that point. That's the point of the character. But right. is there still a tiny bit of Anakin even when he's playing the? So when you see the Obi Wan show, right? When he's up in there. You still see a lot of Anakin, technically. Okay. Like, you know what I mean. So, is is that still the case when you're seeing him here? Like, there's still a good amount of Anakin in that Darth Vader, or did the show mess up and go too far, Anakin, and not enough Darth Vader? Or no, it was okay. it was absolutely intentional, and it was really to show Vader's growth more than anything else, uh, or not, or uh, Anakin's growth in that because. It's still Anakin, right? They're not two separate people. That's that's the same person. That's what I'm trying to understand. Yeah, but the same person, right? And the way I've reconciled that in my head is I don't know if you've had. Uh, I'm sure you've had a lot of anger moments. We all have. Yeah. But have you ever taken things just to like have gone too far, and you realize, oh, there's no going back, and you're faced with one of two decisions: accountability and resolve. Or double down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've all doubled down once or twice, and yeah. he did it at the wrong time. So I think it's more of he let Vader take over and become a thing and crafted a character to play. Okay, but they're not trying to portray in any of the Star Wars stuff that they're doing some split personality thing or something. They're not doing that? Nope. Okay, 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 okay. That's what I've always wondered. And I think it's what it's the beauty of the character. And it's the I would prefer not to have this play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because every time you hear him say something, because I'm glad you watched Obi-Wan, because like when he caught him with that head, that saber slice, he looked at him, he said, I'm not Anakin. I killed him. Yeah. It's because that's what he has to tell himself to keep doing this. But, so, but even when he's saying yeah. that, it's clearly not yeah. fully committed. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Anakin's not there. You know what I mean? Because he's in a haze. He's lost 
in himself. He's out of balance, right? So that's kind of... So anyway, so Ahsoka being presumed okay. dead, it, this yeah. literally goes directly into what <laughs> I'm about to be talking about. So for the world between worlds, the last thing about that one is, uh, so you have, uh, after you see that with Ahsoka, uh, spoilers, sorry, you don't see her for a while. She is presumed dead because you've seen Vader since. Spoilers to what? Uh, Rebels. Okay. The cartoon. The, okay. Yeah. So, but it is important. So Ezra... Uh, the character that you're going to hear about that you don't know anything about in this show that you're like, why would I care? You have to watch Rebels to care. And that's the only real critique I would give them is like, it's kind of rough that you're having to give people, like make people do homework to actually be excited at first glance of Rebels or of Ahsoka. Rebels. Rebels? Oh, shit. Five seasons, 20-ish each. uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay. It is a lot. But they are twenty-minute episodes. I, I, so, like I'm not saying it wouldn't be worth it or anything yeah. like that. I'm just saying it just right. genuinely is a lot. But here I am what? trying to watch uh, One Piece, which I've never watched before until about two or three months ago, and I'm like episode fifty, and I'm like, hey, I don't know when I'm gonna stop and all of this, and I know it felt too much in my entire life. I just mm. always said I'm not watching this. It's like a thousand episodes. Screw that, right? You know, years ago. Right. Oh, there's like 500 episodes. I'm not watching that. And then I finally was just like, <laughs> well, let me just see what it actually is. And if I just, I'll just right. watch when I watch. I'll fall off whenever. I don't care. And I'm not going to take it too seriously. Here I am pretty yeah. far. I mean, not pretty far in, but you know what I mean? Like I've, I started two <laughs> months ago and I'm somehow, I think episode 60 something realistically. And I'm yeah. like, Hey, this is really good. So I'm going to keep the train going. Yeah. So I'm not saying when it comes to rebels, even if it's hundred episodes, I can't do it. But right. I am saying, man, that You're still like, just a takes order. a time slot and it still <laughs> yeah. sucks. I have to do this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Too good. Anyway, so. continue. But yeah, yeah, the last one, because then I can actually get into the, to the good good. Because so Ezra ends up coming across this weird portal around the portal. It had depictions of the father, the son. And the daughter, then the, the Holy personifications Spirit. of the Force. Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, may the Force be with you, and also with you, <laughs> and with um, Christ. And then you, <laughs> yes. <laughs> may the Force be with you and with Christ. <laughs> like, Wait, I don't think Christ is in the Force. <laughs> Who's you to haven't say read not. the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> right. it's all about light so, and dark, you know. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Jesus, force walked on water. Okay, that was the force. That wasn't a miracle. I never thought about till now, but Jesus is so a Jedi. (laughs) That's hilarious. He has to be the long hair, (laughs) the beard, like yeah, all of it, man. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) big ass brown robe, (laughs) right? All I know is Obi-Wan Kenobi is my lord and savior, even though his show was not great and should have been a movie. Yeah. I think yeah. it would have worked as a movie. It would have, because so, oh, if you yes. fit all of that into three hours, now it all is like pretty interesting the whole time. Correctly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway. But they, uh, so the world between worlds. So, so anyway, he goes through the portal and the only thing we really know about the world between worlds is that it looks like it was in some weird globe in the middle of space. No actual structures other than like a pathway and a bunch of portals all around the place. So is it a black hole? 
Uh, that's we don't know. Honestly, okay. he okay. he ends, he got through. He got into it from a uh, terrestrial, so it was a planet. So I don't think it's black hole. Uh, it does seem to be tied to the Pergil, but again, that's that'll be something to talk about later on. That okay, because we honestly we don't we don't know. He hasn't really given us a lot of details, other than as Ezra's walking through this place with those portals, he's seeing glimpses of the past. And one of them that he sees is the inside of the structure that Vader and Ahsoka got locked into. And uh, Ahsoka catches Vader good, right? Opens the mask up. She sees what's left of Anakin under his mask and immediately turns off her lightsaber. And she's like, I'm not going to fight you. And then he goes, then you'll die. And goes in. Ezra pulls her into the out of the portal into the world between worlds. And it crumbles and blows up in there. And the owl seems to be waiting for her outside, just sitting on top of it. Morai. So that's how we ended up getting Ahsoka back. That's pretty trippy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so keep in mind, this is now this girl's second resurrection. <laughs> right. Okay. But narratively speaking, earned. Like when you watch all of it, it makes sense. Like when it happens, you're like, "What are you?" It's not like, "What are you doing?" You're just like, "Oh, now that look, makes sense. okay." How many times can people die in Dragon Ball? You know, and does right. it matter? Yeah. No, because you like it anyway. So, so it, yes. as long as they can do it good, I don't care. Exactly, execution yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, for. Uh, Soka episode five. Here's the big spoiler warning with it because I'll okay. kind of do a recap and give my thoughts. <laughs> so, episode five of Ahsoka, I'm not going to spoilers to anything else up into it. Opens up with Ahsoka waking up in the world between worlds to Anakin's voice, right? So, this is Ahsoka grown up, she's not a kid anymore. She had those fights with Vader. This is after he's been dead and buried. And something that's very common when you have that kind of traumatic upbringing that you tend to get a chip on your shoulder and blind to things, right? Yeah. So that's not quite where Ahsoka is, but she's headed that direction until she sees Anakin. Because the moment she sees him, it's a gift. Because Vader's gone. He's dead. That's just her master in front of her. So they start having their normal back and forth quips. Ha ha, how do you do's? And he leans in uh, and because she's like, why are you here? Like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, because I haven't finished your training. And she's like, it's, it's, a, it's a little late for that. And he starts walking by her and just leans in like he did a million times in the Clone Wars to hit her with uh, motions identical. Where he just kind of crosses his arms, leans in, and goes, one is never too old to learn snips. And immediately, she's back to being a kid. She's like, okay, what's the lesson? And he's like, fight or die. And she goes, I'm not going to fight you. And this dude, without missing a beat, his lightsaber's already drawn, walking in slow. And he goes, I've heard that before. Which is exactly what she said before Ezra saved her life. And he goes and he attacks her. And they start having a lightsaber fight. And it feels just like the Clone Wars. It's light. It's fun. You can tell these two are engaging each other and really enjoying what they've been missing. Because this is presumably Anakin's 
force spirit. She ends up getting a good licking on him, like a night, like as they're fighting, just catches him with a roundhouse. And uh, she goes, are you sure I need a lesson? And when he looks back up at her, he's got the Sith eyes and he's like, you're not paying attention and slashes the platform that they're on. And she falls. Now, when she wakes up, she's a kid again in the Clone Wars. It's a memory of her and Anakin's first fight together, the first battle that they're in. And there's one scene in particular that is really stood out to me because, quite frankly, it is the coldest motherfucking shot in Star Wars ever. The coolest things in the world. Because you have, because obviously it's a battlefield, right? Yeah. Dust is everywhere. Tanks have now, been firing you at each other. Left showed me this clip. I did. Yes. And I haven't seen the show, but I watched the clip and I purposely turned it off at a certain point, but I watched yeah. the first minute of it. <laughs> Anyway, Perfect. and so you know I was exactly like, okay, about. it's pretty cool. Now, I also want to mention, so you know how I said mm-hmm. the Obi-Wan show it looking too uh, stagey or something. You know what I mean? Um, it didn't right. look, I don't know how to describe it. It does. It kind of looks like uh, a set, a little, right. a little fake, a little fakey or something. It kind of pulls me out. Anyway, yes. but when I was watching this bit, it was like Far better at not looking that way, but still slightly did. But they improved right. a lot. Like it was still there a little, and it's the same in like Mandalorian. I'm looking at real buildings and structures. Oh, I'm looking at a set they clearly built for this show. Right. And uh, I can't, it's, it bothers me more than it should. And I should probably just get over it. And I'm sure once I actually just sit and watch it, I'll eventually right. get past it, you know? But whenever you first are watching it, I notice it a lot. But the improvement is dramatically more than what it was in the uh, previous stuff. Like they did step it up. I did. I did at least notice that. But it's still there. It's still not quite gone. Well, I think the reason why that is is because it actually it's it's not a full blown stage that they have set up. It's a three sixty degree LCD screen that projects the environment so they can get the lighting and everything correct. That's why oh, it seems really? just slightly off. Because okay. it's like when I you see a that. really good photorealistic okay. shot, and then someone, and so you're like, man, this looks really good. And someone's like, yeah, the entire background is painted. That's essentially what all the shows are. Uh, just okay. a full-on LED wall. Hmm. See, I would have never knew that. Yep. Wow. But yeah, I, I just it's interesting. It's one of those huh. really cool features so but yeah I, I i know exactly what you mean and i i got a feeling they're working on that you know what i mean for development so okay maybe it's just george lucas obviously he'd be better at building right. a set in world than somebody else regardless of you think of his decisions with this plot and this character and blah 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 right. blah, blah, blah he still yeah. is what it's like him and lord of the rings uh Peter Jackson. Yes. It's like them two are probably king of set design, right? So it's like maybe it's a little unfair because I'm so used to seeing that that this throws me off. And maybe maybe that's just like you were saying earlier, too high of an expectation. But it's still hard because those things existed. It's hard for me to break from that. Exactly. And I it's like when we watch Lord of the Rings like the TV show, it's like, well, it's clearly Mm -hmm. not him. And it shows. 
So yes. So yeah. anyway. So for for the for the Lord of the Rings show, real quick, because I do have thoughts on that one too. I think the two things that they made the biggest mistakes on was one, um, the source material. I hate to say it, the Cimmerillion is the driest, most read. boring thing. <laughs> you could sum it up in right. like a in like what a one minute intro before the show starts. Right. <laughs> It's it's like the scrolly text of a Star Wars film. <laughs> right. That's what you could sum it's up like, for the <laughs> anyway. It's like if every history <laughs> textbook writer that grew up writing the textbooks that we were reading growing up decided to write their own fictional history textbook. That's the yeah. Cimmerillion. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the most it's generic thing you could possibly imagine. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, but anyway, so when <laughs> Ahsoka ends up waking up in the world between, or not in the world between worlds, but when she wakes up on the battlefield yeah. and she realizes that it's the clone warriors, she's like, "Why are we here?" He's like, "I don't know. You picked it." And she's like, "Okay." And then kicks right back into where she was there. And it's one of those where she starts viewing the battlefield, right? And it's devastation. There are people in gurneys, full face wraps like people screaming off in the distance. It's war. And you see the first seeds of Ahsoka's question of the Jedi Order, like how good they are if they actually walk the walk. She said, we were always told that the Jedi are keepers of peace. This isn't keeping peace. This is war. And Anakin's like, whoa, 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 kiddo. Like, yes, we are keepers of the peace. He's like, but the times change. He's like, and here I am, like, I was trained, just as you're saying, to only defend, never attack. He's like, and here I am having to train you to be a soldier, to lead, to be responsible, to be smart, to be proficient. He's like, the only thing we can do is fight. And she's like, no, it's not. He's like, it's either that or we die. Because that's the that's the entire lesson he's trying to teach her in the world between yeah, worlds. Like, yeah. Fight or give up. So that's when he turns and you get the cold shot. It's him. It's oh, dust yeah, everywhere. Yeah, I saw that. saber out. Yeah. And then I and, hit stop. <laughs> right. You're seeing the mortar come in and it's just like with bright lights. You see the explosion. And since the explosion's so bright, everything else gets darker. So, and since he's walking through a cloud of dust, when the explosion goes off, the only thing you can really see is his lightsaber. And the explosions themselves are red. So as she's watching Anakin walk off into the distance, presumably to, you know, ram his dick through the entire army, because that's just what Anakin does, you see a mortar shell go off. Everything goes dark. And all you see is the lightsaber. When the red flashes, the lightsaber stays red. And as the light slowly starts to fade back in to where you could see Anakin's silhouette, it's Darth Vader's. And then another mortar hits, and it's back to Anakin. This was the scene that really, really hit me, because it's visual storytelling in its finest. It's showing that the war is what turned Anakin into Vader. It's not condemning or condoning. Now, isn't this something we always condemning. knew? Exactly. It is something that we've always known because he was getting manipulated 
by Palpatine, presumably, but Palpatine creating a situation to where he was just inundated in the worst shit humanity has to offer. That climax is like, yeah, but we know why he's Darth Vader because he felt he had no other choice and he just right. had to fight, you know. And but I, I think that I was think pretty clear throughout the entire Star Wars series. Right. I don't think people didn't think that. Yeah, I think the reason why it hit me as hard as it did because essentially when it comes to your, your Jedi archetype relationships, right? Your paddle master and paddle one, the only real point of comparison I have for that in real life is my relationship to my children. Right. And we're in a bit of a perilous time. I feel more capable than 90% of the people I come across in my life. So I relate quite a bit to Anakin. So it almost feels like a warning. But to come back to the point I was making before jumping to that is that Ahsoka was a kid. It wasn't upbeat and cheery and fun like we remember it. It was the real Yeah. For her, she hasn't been able to reconcile, right? It's always been Vader and Anakin. She has yet to find a way to reconcile the two of them together, how that even happened. So you're saying, you're saying that scene wasn't for the audience. It was, it was, it was trying us to, to see through our eyes. I didn't know that. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I thought, I thought it was trying to show the audience and in effect, not no. that Ahsoka was seeing it that way. That changes. Things. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's way cooler. Okay. Now the scene itself, don't get me wrong visually stunning yeah it was cool but i've never seen anyone make that point of contention because one of the parts of growing up and i say growing up because i feel like adolescence has extended into the 20s at this point which makes sense when you extend your expected life expectancy different story altogether but it's a big part of growing up being able to look at the most damning and damaging parts of your past objectively to be able to again without judgment to quote the watchman without condemning or condoning just understanding that was her being like that's how it happened that's still anakin and so another great thing that they do in the storytelling throughout the throughout the episode i want to talk on what you're talking right there yes okay. go ahead there you go uh yes. because i've had this argument my entire life with people about this subject yeah. matter and I've had, I understand the other side. I don't agree with them, but yeah. I hardly ever get people agreeing with my side. And I need to mention right. this, and this has to do with everything you're saying about life morals on, okay, um, we're, we're a nation, there's another nation, right? And yeah. you either fight Right. Or this nation is just going to take you over and then everyone's just going to die and then that's it. So your only chance is to fight. Okay. So right. this is like um, a story of war since mm -hmm. the beginning of time. I have always been in the camp of I'd rather die than kill somebody else, even if it's for all the right reasons. Right. And that's something I always lived by and will live until I die by. If somebody. Let's say somebody goes in my house. I'm going to fight them off best I can, but right. I can never bring them to death. Right. 
and I want to I want to talk on this because I want to see forget Star Wars. I'm curious on your life morals on this in general when it comes to uh, society in war because I feel if you know everyone's doing this, it's just like any argument. It's like okay, well. If everyone did this thing, now we're all in a better place. But because there's a few yeah. outliers, you know, that's the whole argument is like, well, we can't because of the outliers. So we have to be different and da, 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 da. And right. I just will always say, I don't care about the outliers. I will continue to not attack and kill. And I will do right. everything I can to not cross that line. And if I die living that way, I'm okay with that personally. Right. So where do you stand on this? Well, I think, again, comparing the uh, beats of the story to the points of is I am grateful every day that we actually are afforded the opportunity to be able to even debate it. Yeah. Because the best way to compare what's happening on scene there and kind of what we're discussing as well would be World War II it's the only way to really compare it. This is one of those situations where it's a test of those morals because your options are fight or die. Yeah. And if you die, the worst possible shit takes over. There is no real decision that can be made. It's a terrible, terrible necessity that never should have come to pass. That's why war is the worst thing to come out of humanity, period. And I think that I think I'm okay dying. Yeah. With I me, think I've come to terms with that. I've struggled with this and I, in no way am I telling somebody else what's right or wrong. That's that's right. not even slightly where I'm going. Right. I'm just questioning myself. Where do I stand on this? How should I live or not live? Right. I don't know. It goes to a million other subjects of like, do you, dude? You know, I'm 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 always on that going to be on that level. But yes. I, you know, like I get the other argument. Hey, if they don't fight, now everyone's yeah. families, friends, everything's just gone, right? If they don't fight. So, it's like, why wouldn't I fight? And I'm just saying, I guess you're going to see me as a terrible person because I'm not no. going to fight. No, and that's and basically see, and that's where I stand. And that's and that's the thing about war, man. Like, no, there, there's there. That's not a wrong stance. That's not morally wrong either. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's something that every human craves. Everything needs to make sense, right? Everything needs to be concise. We like our stories wrapped up tightly with a bow, no loose ends. But the reality of it is. We are walking, talking, living, breathing contradictions. Every single one of our personalities, every aspect of it clashes with another aspect of it. Right. Who's to say somebody's attacking me in the street and I don't just eventually kill them anyway and be like, oh, I didn't right. mean to. And I just took over. That could very easily yeah. happen regardless of anything I'm saying right now. So, right. yes. And like, <laughs> like, like for me, like my mom used to refer to me as a self-effacing narcissist, which self-effacing is uh, her clinical definition that she gave me was self-effacing is essentially someone who is extremely self-aware 
of their actions and their impacts on others and takes care not to harm anyone and also doesn't think too highly of themselves usually. And then a narcissist is the exact opposite of that, right? Okay, yeah. It's a good inclination. It's like jumbo shrimp. It's an oxymoron, right? These two things cannot coexist. They contradict one another. Yeah. Humanity is the fact that, nope, they do. Yeah. They do coexist. They do, yeah. So, and I think that's what the whole episode is trying to talk about. Because I compare it to, again, World War II. You want to talk about a great example of that. Yeah. When you do watch this episode, I want you to think of it not as Anakin Skywalker talking there. I want you to think of that as one of them gents from the greatest generation who stormed the <laughs> beaches of Normandy instead. Well, my grandfather actually did and survived, mm-hmm. but everyone on his boat outside of one other guy died. Yeah. Right. So it's just him and or one other thing. dude and the whole boat's gone. And, you know, he just yeah. lived to tell the tale. He's just got to be one of those lucky people. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking the hardest, <laughs> toughest sons of bitches to have ever walked the planet fought in this war all right i will i i i will i am trying so hard to always keep my mind open and come like never close the door on being wrong but i don't even want to try on this one they were the and that further proves my point on me not even caring or judging others because i Mm -hmm. see my grandfather as like a hero in my eyes even if i don't live that lifestyle you see what I'm saying? And I think that is the entire point of his episode. Of that episode, episode five, is Ahsoka, in this case, is you trying to reconcile the moral wrong with who you knew to be a hero and that you loved. Yeah. And that they can coexist. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm about to cry so, on camera here. This is intense. I'm trying to not. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, continue. But, but yeah, because that's because yeah. that's really what it is. And another thing is, Dave Filoni is referred to as George Lucas's Padawan because when he started doing Clone Wars, he got access to Lucas, so he would go to him for advice, and Lucas always delivered. So everything that you're seeing come out of Filoni, you have like the Star Wars purists are over the moon for it usually because this is the closest to George Lucas's Star Wars you're ever going to see again. (laughs) And at this point, this series, I really think is where it starts to overtake it because you watch Anakin do this. Oh, well, no, no, I'm sorry. That him, George Lucas teaching Filoni I feel is a very big point in the direction that I think I'm right about this because George Lucas is a true artist, in my opinion. And true art, again, in my opinion, needs to say something about the times that it's made. And what a lesson to give with our day and age. At some point in time, you got to cut the bullshit, look at everything objectively. Take all the feelings out of it and look at it for what it is, not for what it could be, not for what it should be, not for what we want it to be, what it fucking is, and act accordingly. Because those dickheads with the tiki torches, believe it or not, have people that love them because they're good to those people. How do those people 
who inherently and demonstrably disagree with their actions reconcile that? How can you reconcile all the good that came from this person and watch the vile rhetoric that they're popping off at the mouth? And for what reason? Star Wars is so hilariously religious, it's not even funny. Because I'm thinking the, <laughs> the, the, the big message is like, when it comes to religion, is the uh, fact of the worst spot you could possibly be is lukewarm. <laughs> like, it's literally, it's good because you're right. It's all extremes. You're either super hot or super cold. I have been in that, lost in it, and if just fall. And I quite honestly can't even tell you what the instigating incident was. But a few months ago, I was like, I'm tired of talking and thinking and theorizing. I want answers. Yeah. And then I started digging into stuff, realizing because the lukewarm is just the wondering and never acting, right? Is, is exactly. What I'm at. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Complete your thought. I apologize, buddy. That was it. That was that. That that, that was literally yeah. it. <laughs> I'm just You're saying. Like, oh no, yeah. you summarized it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, because that's because that's what we need, man. But yeah. So anyway, like I said, man, definitely take a look at it because. It was a theme I saw constantly, not just through that episode, but through the entire series. All of this about just accepting something or someone for what they are, not condemning them, damning them, not explaining and forgiving all of their actions, literally just understanding them. You don't have to agree to somebody. You just need to like respectfully tolerate them, right? Well, the thing is, if you understand where they're coming from, even if it's something you completely and utterly disagree with, it's far more palatable because you're not you hating them because you understand, even if you don't agree. Yeah, that's it's not malice. Yeah, it's not the knee jerk reaction that we had. It's not what we yeah. felt they said. It's what their actual their actual motivations, because another thing that I realized is I've spent the vast majority of my life to survive. I had to just assume the worst intentions of every person I came across. So you don't and get hurt and then you fall it. into the Anakin life. Right. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. When all it takes is just a little bit of courage. Yeah. To be a fucking man. Be accountable for your actions and decide who you want to be. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's a decision you get to make. So I just want to be a good man and I'm going <laughs> to do what it takes to be it. <laughs> Even though if I need to call out Vader, he can show up. But <laughs> the goal is to live a life where he stays asleep. Well, um, I mean, I think that's a great conclusion. Tim, I am so glad we got to do this, Bubba. Like, I've really been looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, glad you came on. I mean, uh, yeah, it awesome. took me uh, getting off work yesterday, not having breaks and almost dying to uh, <laughs> be like, hey, when I'm at uh, work today, I was just like, dude, you just want to hop on and record so I don't have to record myself. And uh, glad we got to dive into this. I guess we're going to end it here and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Later. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and whatever else helps. Smash that like button, ring the notification bell. 
Yeah.